Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the program. With me today is my guest, Heather Thompson, a lifelong liberal Democrat, all-around great human, and also my cousin. She is on the show today to talk about her reaction to the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade and why she thinks it's a horrible idea and relegates women to second-class citizens. And thank you, Heather, for coming on. I've been wanting you on for so long. Oh, it's an honor. I started doing this because I've used you as a reference so many times with, <laughs> with other people I'm talking about as I've tried to become less polarized, I guess, in my views. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and just for the, those, uh, for those listening, um, I grew up conservative, have been relatively conservative viewpoints my whole life. Um, Heather, tell everyone what your background was in terms of like politics. Oh, and what you I'm exposed just, to. I'm just definitely a, a lefty, uh, uh, but I um, I'm kind of less interested in those labels. I I don't think. Thank you. The labels I don't think are horrible. I don't think they're helping us, and um, and we're we're being divided in a way that that's not serving any of us. So um, I mean, I grew up in Berkeley. I've always been kind of pro- progressive left. Um, uh, and so I'm. You know, it's funny when you invited me on. I was like. I was I was really reluctant because I just felt like, well, all you're going to get is a whole bunch of F-bombs because we're going to be talking about the Roe v. Wade ruling, et cetera. Um, but I actually think I, I really want to thank you for the invitation and tell you it's it is an honor to be on your podcast. And you're my cousin. I've known you forever. Love you dearly. And I think our path forward is. Is. Uh, being reminded of that and um, finding common ground. Which is so easy to not do, especially since the advent of <clears throat> social media, because we can yeah. hide behind our, we can hide behind our keyboards and, and just blast people. And well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. And the other thing that I think is such a big contributor is that we're getting our news from different sources. Like it used to be, there was just like, you know, the, TV. Three, the big three. Yeah. Right. And so we all were bait basing our kind of understanding of the world and, and current events on roughly the same information. And that is no longer the case. And that's that. Okay. That has been my baseline for five years is because there are so many quote unquote news sources. My argument has been how do, cause I see people will fight to the death for their quote unquote side online. Well, here's a graph and here's a chart and here's an article that supports what I say. And I always said, well, I can find six that support the opposite. So who are we all being lied to? Are we all being misled by our sources our, that we go to, our trusted sources? And I think if we start conversations with that in mind and, and believe that, then I think we can at least have a better discussion and try to understand each other because we don't understand. We don't try to understand people anymore. We just like, Oh, you're, you're a lefty. Like you said, lefty. 
And I hate that. I don't like that. I hate that. I hate that because it says it lefty to me means not very positive, happy things. And I always consider you guys what are sensible Democrats is what I called it because people would demonize the Democrats. And my dad, God bless his soul, he'll never hear this because he doesn't listen. But I, was, I, know I was wondering I, if he listened. No, because oh. it's technology and he refuses <laughs> to learn how to do it. Oh my God. But I know that there's been a couple of times in the past where I've seen you and him or him say something. I call it a drive by comment that oh, he's yeah. not, he just wants to win because it's all he's yeah. been surrounded. He's been surrounded by the same group think his whole life yeah. and, and demonized you guys. And the, I mean, as far as I can Did remember, he? he's, he's been, not demonize you, but the left and Democrats. Oh, yeah. He didn't okay. personally call you out, but and I, I was telling someone this the other day that I wasn't really pay attention to politics when I was growing up, but I remember you guys never did a Christmas card. You always did a Valentine's card as a family. And peer, I, I remember probably two or three occasions where, and I don't even know who wrote your guys's cards. Was it your dad, dad. or your dad. mom? Cause, cause it was dad. like always in third person. I'm like, who's this person dad. writing for the Thompson dad. family? Dad was the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was a couple of times where there was a little comment about whoever, whatever conservative was in office at that time. And that's the only thing I really re remember of politics mm. uh, growing up. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> if we, like, like I said, when I wrote to you about, I don't want to battle. I don't want to fight because it or prove uh, like my dad said the other day, I was talking with this, this damn liberal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just going on and on and, and that, I couldn't think of what to say and how to how to beat them. And afterwards, I thought of all these great things I could have won. I could have won the argument with him. And I said, Dad, I don't I don't know if that's what it's about. I don't think that's what it should be about. Are you winning. Yeah. What yeah. happens? So you win the argument in your mind. Have you have you bridged a gap with that person? No, <clears throat> not at all. Well, so. um, I mean, I remember plenty of times around the picnic table at Hat Creek at dinner with all of us and your dad. And, you know, political conversation would kind of filter in and out. And there would be a little bit of a mini standoff and then we'd move on. Like, and it always felt like, yeah, we had our political beliefs that we felt were important and we felt the need to state. But I don't think, it, the, what was more important for me, the takeaway was always what was more important was family and the love of family and, and that we could accept each other um, uh, for who we were. Like I, so your dad has always been this kind of desire to build a legacy, you know, like to be, to be a force for good in the world. That's always driven me. That's always been kind of at the heart of who I was. You know, I worked in the nonprofit sector for, over 25 years, trying to do good. Um, organizations like Habitat for Humanity, YMCA, et cetera. And I just think that we're being presented with some real challenges and kind of retreating to your bunker and lobbing, you know, insults and threats is not gonna solve this problem. But that's easier, and that's why people do it. I think. Yeah, but it's, but you know, do you see my point about us being? I totally. Older? 
you yeah. know, and wanting to come at it differently and wanting a different result. Because at some point, like you maybe you're just in the formative stage and you're trying to define who you are in the world and make your stand, you know, but like at, a, at, a, at this stage, my feeling is I want hope for the future and I want, um, and I know we can come together on the things that matter most, or at least to some degree, at least certainly more than, than we are currently. And I think if, and I think we do that by what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. Which and is why, is, I, which is why when you first invited me, I was like, oh no, I just he just, he just, he just wants to bash. No, did you no. Think, did you, no, did you ever think that? that. I, okay. I, I love and trust you, and that was never a, a okay. consideration. But I was so, so upset over the ruling. Um, I couldn't talk about it without just lobbing f bombs, you know. And um, so, but I no, but but once I had kind of time to think about it, I, I knew it made sense to have this conversation. And hopefully, you know, you and I at the end of it may not be any closer to coming to agreement on it, but hopefully we'll understand each other a little better and 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 see opportunities for a better collective path forward, you know, it's in some way. We can see the humanity in each other. Yeah. Which I never have not seen it in you. Same. But I'm trying to set a tone for this is me trying to change the world. <clears throat> and teaching people or re yeah. reminding people, hey, we can not, we can, we can move forward and, and try to truly love each other. Yep. Which is where, another baseline for me. I don't, mm -hmm. and I have a, a, and I don't know if you've listened to my shows and I uh, have my, especially uh, my, recently. My, um, well, God, I'm glad you did some homework. I don't even listen to them anymore. <laughs> but, um, He's a guy I've never met in person, but I've known him since Facebook came out. And we have had him on three times, and I call him my my leftist counselor, my liberal counselor, because mm. mm. he's not a bomb thrower. He's very articulate and wise. And I've, and then I never I know if I post something that he's going to chime in and tell me where to find the flaw in it or whatever. And, and it used to piss me off because <clears throat> it was insulting my pride. But now I look at it as, hey, there's an opportunity to learn, and maybe. Maybe his idea, and I try to try to look at issues and ideas, not the people behind them. And that's easier to discuss then, because it's easy to get so personally involved. And in, oh, you question my question of my uh, my conservative values? Well, screw you. Which is, you know, and, and same on the other side. Well, um, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but that's okay. This is the beauty of. Of these things it's a conversation and then it can ramble but yeah. but yeah i mean i know actually i think you're you're on point and um and then part of it is parking your ego you know because ego only serves you so much you know and uh i think connecting i think head and heart a little bit more especially when yeah. we're talking about really big important issues yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Well, let's go into the, let's just talk about this, the Roe v. Wade yeah. ruling that came down a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, honestly, that was something I never thought would ever change my whole life. And me either. Never, never thought much about it. And I, I've, so when that came out, I was like, is that, 
is that a thing? I didn't even, uh, cause I stopped, I've kind of stopped watching, not kind of, I've stopped watching politics and media because I was a ridiculous conservative talk show junkie for literally close to 20 years. Wow. And yeah. because it was comfortable and it was easy as what I knew. And uh -huh. so I followed all the, like the Sean Hannity's and the Glenn, Be I rush everybody. I, I followed all of that and it just became a habit. And I felt like, I feel like, well, I, I've got to, I've got to be the watchman on the tower for my family and, and protect my family from the, the ills and the evils that are coming. And it was such a doom and gloom environment mm -hmm. that one day I realized I'm just mad all the time. This isn't serving anybody. Mm -hmm. I was angry yeah. and frustrated at the other side. That's when I was sidesing and it just got old and I just stopped. And my life has been so much better since then because I'm just working, working, working on building my world my life and not consuming other people's garbage. So I'm just producing my own garbage. It's great. <laughs> no, but there's, there's some real wisdom in that. I mean, I I'm trying to kind of do something similar. Like I've definitely pulled way back on um, politics and the news. I, I listen to the headlines and I read periodically, but it, I feel like it's it's more important. It, it, I, I do feel a sense of obligation to know at least generally what's going on, but but I only to a certain only to a certain point, and then I really just want to be a force for good in my own life um, and in my own community because that's that's why all you can, well, that's that's all you all, can do. Yeah, yeah, that's all we can do. And we think we think oh well, I want to change the world. I got to have to do it in this big grand scale, but you don't. Just, you know, be kinder to your neighbor, literally. Amen. As a start. Yeah. But so tell me, when this ruling came out, tell me your reaction. Oh, I was horrified and um and and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it because my opinion is um this is a fundamental right of women to control their fertility and control when and if they're gonna have kids. And it really, taking that right away, moves women into the role of second-class citizens. It totally undermines their autonomy, their ability to build a bright future for themselves. It's, it's, it's devastating. And, um, and, and, and this country that, call, that calls itself, you know, beacon of hope and liberty and justice, you know, and, and uh, what is it? Um, oh gosh, and in any case, it just took a big step backwards. Um, and let me say that, um, life is sacred. And I don't think any thinking, feeling woman would choose an abortion without having some real uh, misgivings and um, some, you know, some real, uh, without some real soul searching, but but women have to have the right to choose when and if they're gonna have kids, if we are equal citizens in this country. And, and to take that away undermines their ability to build a hopeful, prosperous life for themselves. I'm glad you said you spoke to the life is sacred part, because I think the reason so many on the right just cannot get their head around why a woman's right to do that is okay 
is because it's portrayed as, well, you're just willy nilly sleeping around and that abortion shouldn't be a form of birth control. And what about that life? What about that child? That child has a right to live. And that's how <clears throat> I think it's been spun. Yeah. By the other side. Yeah. Well, um, why people dig their heels in and like, yeah. I, so, and I think, my mind, frankly, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. No, no, no. This is your time. This is your show. Frankly, I think part of the mistake of the pro abortion sort of lobby, if you're going to call it that, is that they, they have not addressed that because it, I think it is, you know, it's big. It's not small. And, um, and, and I think it's the sort of out of defensiveness, et cetera, they've chose just to kind of bypass that issue. But I, I think we have to address it because life is sacred. But we live in an imperfect world. Um, I, I did just a little Googling yesterday just to make sure I had some basic facts straight. And my, my understanding is based on what I found is one in four women uh, up until now you know, in recent years have had an abortion. So it's a lot. And half of them were using birth control, half. And uh, so it's, it's, it's gonna impact so many women and it's gonna bring down such a world of hurt because if you can't control your fertility, you, you risk your, it, it just undermines your economic stability. It undermines your sense of self. It's, it just moves you into the world of a second-class citizen in this country. It's not anything I think anyone would ever want to do, but how are you gonna, I mean, life is, is, is challenging, right? And um, building a, you know, a, uh, hopeful, prosperous, you know, positive life. It, it takes a ton of work, no matter who you are. Um, and to not have control over when you can have a family and when you can bring a child into the world, it just undermines your, you economically. I think it brings a lot of trauma, like a woman that would have to carry a child to term against her will. That's, I can't imagine. That's such a traumatic thing. You know, it's one thing, like if you stop and think about it. So a woman who is pregnant and, and, and ready to be a parent, that is a thing where the community comes around, celebrates them. It's this rite of passage. It's this amazing kind of, you know, it is a miracle, the whole, you know, miracle of life. It's, it is a miracle. That is one experience where you are celebrated and, and supportive. That same woman, if she is unable to, because of economic circumstances, because of her job, because, you know, in the in the horrible instances of, of rape or incest, you know, like, is carrying a child to term that she cannot, does not, is not in a position to parent. That would just be a world of shame. It would undermine her job. It would it would just be such trauma, you know, like, cause I don't, you know, just the, the act of being a parent. I mean, this, the, the powerful mother child bond is, 
like they're going to experience that regardless. And then they're going to have to give the child up for adoption and having gone through this hugely disruptive thing that uh, undermines their economic well-being. They're full of shame. You know, I don't care who you are, where you are. It's There's going to be some shame there. Um, it's going to be so such what? trauma. It's going to be Talk such trauma. And it, it just, it's, it's, it, there's no way that that is okay what? To, to impose that upon women. It's yeah. not okay. I hear you there. Well, you say that there's so much shame with that situation. Shame, why? And from who? Uh, so it would be like, it would be. G or give me a scenario. The woman's pregnant. And yeah, she, she cannot or, or is unable to imagine or figure out a way that this could make sense for her in her life. And so she's going to have to give this child up for adoption. So giving them, are, are you saying that her giving up a child for adoption, there's shame around that? No, 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 oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, just to be in a circumstance where you're going to have conflicting feelings, you're going to feel a strong maternal instinct, but you're not going to be able to act on it. You're going to have all these kind of experiences with your community where they're kind of, they don't even know, you know, how to support you or what to do. You may lose your job, you know, because you, there's, there's a period of time where you're out of work. And even so, you've just gone through this profoundly, I think, emotional, in a way, yeah, um, experience um, against, you know, before you were ready, uh, not on your terms. And you're going to have some connection to that child regardless. And you're just going to be in a situation where you, it's, it, it, it doesn't make sense for you. I, you can't uh, consider or you can't see how you could be a parent. It's just going to, it's just going to undermine your sense of self to some degree. Now women are strong and women are resilient and they can, they can handle it, but this ruling and this undermining of this right for women to choose is going to put so many women through so much unnecessary trauma, economic hardship, and to some degree shame. It's just like a profoundly, I mean, I, 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 because you're kind of being forced into something that you did not choose and is so kind of life altering. And I, I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm apparently, I'm unable to like articulate it better than that. This ruling in my mind values the child over the, the woman and it's, it's not okay. Does, I mean, is there room for the argument that the child does have value and that life does have value? Oh, totally. The child does have value and the life does have value. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you get zero argument from me on that. Yeah. And, that, and, that, yeah that. and that's, that's where I think, well, there's so much resistance because it, again, like you said, the pro-abortion or the, you know, the camp, again, I, I don't see it mentioned much, but that maybe whatever news source I was looking at is spinning it. So that's why I think it's such a complicated issue. It's so not simple. Um, it, it isn't. No, it's, it's, not it's simple actually, at all. It's, it's hugely challenging. But in the end, to take away a woman's right to choose so profoundly undermines her autonomy. It, 
relegates her to the position of second-class citizen, and it is not acceptable. So what do we do? Roe v. Wade should not have been overturned. You So here's what you, here's, I mean, this is ready. This is yeah, some of the fallout. We help, I mean, I feel helpless. You maybe feel helpless. I don't know. Can because I? Because of these can, big government monoliths that run can things. Can I just say a few things about please, that? Please, please. That's why you're here. Please, please take everything I say with a grain of salt because I'm only partially no, educated you're, on these topics. But, but who, um, guess what, Heather? So is everyone else. Yeah, everyone right. Else is only partially educated on these so, topics. So I'm I'm not a lawyer, but I here's what I have to say about it. So the Supreme Court, this this ruling has so much fallout. The Supreme Court has gone from this kind of steady reliable thing that kind of moderated politics like it was like the rock you know like you'd have political swings swings from the left to the right to the left to the right and the supreme court would be the one that's like okay let's look at law let's 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 determine these the outcomes of these kind of pivotal cases to keep this ship kind of on the right course heading forward brent kavanaugh said something in the, the hearings, you know, um, when he was under consideration, they said he would not overturn, um, you know, something like, he would not overturn legal precedent. Like, basically, I think the idea of law is it kind of, you build upon the foundation that's been laid, right? So basically, my understanding was he, he's not going to overturn the legal precedent that's been established. Um, in this ruling, they did. They absolutely did. And the fallout is huge. The fallout is not only are they undermining women's kind of rights. Humanity. In a, yeah, humanity, and, thank you. In, in a profound and fundamental way, they are undermining the legitimacy of the court. It's moving from this kind of steady rock of reliability to this Political, political, uh, political. Uh, political machine. It it also undermines um, this ruling. Undermines to some extent the right to privacy. This thing that we all cherish. So it is going to have fallout. That's going to impact everybody. And I have been hearing uh, some of that. And uh, and so where was I going with this? <laughs> it was some. It was somewhere good. <laughs> so I guess I was I was getting to the point that the fallout is extreme is is deep and wide and and the the supreme court is kind of sowing its own seeds of destruction i mean like it's just not going to be regarded with the same uh level of respect or uh consideration um it still of course has the same power but i mean it's whew, it it's gone rogue basically it feels like the supreme court has gone rogue now could could someone on the other side say, well, yeah, it's, it's only gone rogue. You think it's gone rogue because it went against something you don't agree with. What about all the other years when it was maybe more liberal leaning? Could someone have said, oh, the Supreme, someone from the conservative camp, because they have said, well, the Supreme Court's gone rogue then. Is that a fair statement? Well, you argument? know, or, so. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's an excellent question. And I, I have no idea the answer to that but my understanding is typical or sort of historically speaking no it's they've not kind of gone out on a limb and kind of reversed legal precedent 
Like they did that in a way that is unprecedented with this ruling. I wonder if there were similar tensions and feelings and concerns in 73, 4, when the, when they, when Roe v. Wade became a precedent. Yeah. I wonder if right. there was a similar discussions like this going on or the, or the, 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 the protests and the, all the things. I wonder if that, and I haven't done enough history research to know if, if, if people felt similar. Well, they probably then. did because it was such a profound ruling, but if, if my understanding is correct and that they've, they've been kind of built upon legal precedent, there must have been a pretty solid foundation for this ruling back in the day. Um, but I don't know. I am not a lawyer and I am not a historian. But you play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Nor am I. Professor Thompson. Yes, that's right. <laughs> We'll be right back after a quick timeout. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. And we're back. Okay, right. So Just uh, what, what we're doing here. So uh, you're a good human. And that's what matters to me. And shouting from our respective political camps, you know, as we've seen, accomplishes nothing. And we are in a time of such division and it's time to chart a new path forward and um, having I think heartfelt conversations where you are really listening and you are trying genuinely to articulate the truth as you know it um, is meaningful and feels like the path forward. Interesting enough about a year and a half ago uh, my daughter was living out in LA and right near her apartment, there was a Planned Parenthood clinic. And as we were driving into her, her place, there were people out there protesting and she just got livid. She's like, I want to go. Those, And she just, just went off. And I said, well, let's go talk to them. Let's go talk to those people. And we didn't end up doing that, but I said, that would have been a great, I wish I'd had my equipment. I would have gone and interviewed and just because she probably thinks that they're the demons, Satan spawn those people that are protesting Planned Parenthood. And my argument is, no, they're probably not. They're probably good, decent people that believe one way about this situation. Yeah. And if you just sat face to face, you would see the humanity in them and they would see the, yeah. they wouldn't hate you and you wouldn't hate them. You would at least, have a little more understanding of why they feel the way they feel. And they're not the devil, which they're portrayed as, or crazy, conspiracy, yeah. right-wing, whack jobs, you know, Bible-thumping, gun-toting, you know, the whole, the, all, the, all the labels that we use yeah. for people that I hate. I hate the labels. And even- Yeah, they're not helpful. Probably, not helpful. Even, even before I started doing this show, periodically I'd listen to Rush Limbaugh. And 
he's a name caller. And I could not, I can't stand the name calling and the arguing and the yelling just to, just to rile up your base. Is what that's what I realized that we're doing, and I and, 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 and both sides are are guilty of that. I think it, it's kind of the playground playground bully approach, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's it it accomplishes nothing other than maybe good ratings and great, you know, uh, commercial success. But it's clearly it's not working. If you look at the country, it's no. not working. No, no, and we just continue to here. I, th- I think that there's probably more people like, like you and I, not to put myself in any light that I'm some great grand person because oh, I'm so virtuous because I can talk to somebody. But I think there's probably more people decent that, that aren't these you know crazy bomb throwers from both sides. But that's what's sexy and that's what sells. That's what media picks up. Like whenever they show a Trump supporter, they often... There's the classic look, this redneck looking person. That's that's a sexy shot in the news. And yeah, I know a lot of people that are Trump supporters. One don't look like that and are intelligent people. And they, they just believe that he's whatever for whatever reason, but they're mm-hmm. not crazy like they're portrayed. And pro rights abortion rights protesters aren't crazy although the media is going to pick up the ones that look like they are well heather i don't want to feel like we're done but i'm thank you for sharing why you hold the the views you do on on this the abortion issue i Um, I appreciate learning more about and you've been very not that i didn't think you would be but you 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 thought about some things that I didn't think would be coming, just just the humanity side of it and the the sacred part, because I didn't know, because again sometimes that is not portrayed. Once again, you know, the whole story is not revealed on via media, um, but um, thank you so much, Brian, for um, this opportunity. Honestly. It was scary for me because I'm like, oh, what do I have to share other than my outrage? <laughs> but I feel like the path forward are conversations like these and, and realizing that we have more in common than we, than we don't. And you, you mentioned outrage. And yeah. based on what you've told me, your outrage is completely justified. Now, I know we are also in a culture that gets outraged at everything. So the word is losing its meaning mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah. You know, because if someone, you know, goes on a college campus and presents a different idea, kids are outraged. So it's an idea. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to destroy it. Just hear it. But we get outraged about everything. It seems like a, it's like a trendy thing. Yeah, gonna, you know the, the which offended group can I be in today? Yeah, so. yeah, you're right. You know what? It's funny. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Why is there such emphasis on that? I don't know. Like I was talking with my 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 new friend, Officer Pitts, is we're intellectually lazy because it takes time. It's taken time for me to have you on here, schedule you, learn. 
I'm reading books that I never would have thought. I read White Fragility. Uh, I read The 1619 Project. Mm. And to be fair, I'm reading a book right now that's saying debunking the 1619 Project. I'm like, okay, I want to know why someone hates the 1619 Project. I want to know why people told me I shouldn't read the 1619 Project. Mm -hmm. That's a, have you read that one? No, I haven't. I was going to ask you. It's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a a big book. I'm just read, just listening. I'm doing Audible and it's 25 hours. Oh, <laughs> but but I'm trying. I'm doing that because, and the whole white fragility and white privilege and all the things that are the buzzwords that are being thrown around. I have these reactions to them. I'm like, that's I don't want to read that. I'm like, why? Why don't I want to be exposed to that? Mm-hmm. And I agreed with some of it, not all of it, but I listened. I learned because I wanted to know. At least again, why someone's telling me don't read that? Can you tell me? Well, why? this is this is just makes me love you more because you are growing, and you're you're curious, and you're and you're. I mean, I think kind of there's kind of fixed mindset, and there's a growth mindset, right? Yes. And um, I think fixed mindset is easier. You don't have to dig deep. Oh, interesting. That's another one that talks about. Oh. That. Okay, yeah. That book. Sorry, I, just showing I her. Book either, called, no, no. Uh, just for those who weren't listening, I just showed Heather a, a book. It's called Mindset um, by Carol Dweck. It's a, about, you know, you can have a fixed mindset or growth mindset yep. in life. And, and I um, I feel like that is one of the great joys in life is a growth mindset. You know, because then like your whole life, you're kind of present and learning, learning and growing. And, and that's what it's all about, frankly. And I feel like, you're doing that and I'm trying to do that. And it just leads to, a, a, I think, a richer, more rewarding life period. So are you going to be reading Trump's one of Trump's books next? Well, you know what? I, I accept that challenge. I, I'm just I, kidding. I, but No, I don't want to. I don't want to read Trump. I don't. Does yeah. he even have a book? He, yeah. Before he was like when he was just a businessman, he had a book called The Art of the Deal. Oh, yeah. right, right, I've never, right. I've never yeah. read it, but, but yeah. But I would, I would make, if you, I would take your recommendation for some um, kind of leading uh, conservative figure that you think is important. I would read it. But I'm not going to do that. I'll let you okay. pick. I'll let you pick on, because I don't know. I mean, I've. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go, but them, I accept but I this challenge. Know. I accept this challenge. I will um, take a look. I'll see what it kind of ca- captures my interest and I will report back. I'll let well, you know. I, I I'll, I'll read what, any, what pretty much what anyone recommends. I I want to see it. I don't want to be. Well, don't read that book. Hmm, you might learn something. Well, don't you love? I mean, I I have this habit of reading before I go to bed. I mean, I only manage to read like three pages, and then sometimes yeah, you fall I, into I it. wake up as as the book falls and hits me in the face because like I'm so tired I can't manage more than that. But um, but I love that. Uh, practice of reading before bed and just your world. I mean, it's, again, it's kind of growth mindset. You're, it just takes you on out of your world and on a journey somewhere else. And it's always interesting. And if it isn't, eventually I'm going to close that book and put it away and move on to another, but you know what I mean? Well, and especially with things that are sacred to you, maybe, maybe if, if someone's in a religion or again, in a political party or, if something is perceived as this could threaten my view, it's scary. 
um, because it's there, almost almost like oh if I if I learn something that contradicts what I've been taught my whole life then I've been duped. Nobody do do you genuinely duped. feel like it's I, it's do you have those fears when you read? Not anymore, but I did, and that's why yeah. I resisted things okay. that were you know quote unquote on the left. You know the white fragility book. I did not want to read that, but I but I wanted to read that. It stretched my brain a little, which is good. I like that, Brian. I'm going to do more of that because I. What, here's what I'm reading. Well, uh, two books. Um, oh gosh, am I going to remember? Oh, Braiding Sweetgrass. This came out three years ago or so. Now, maybe four. Um, there's this amazing woman, Robin Wall Kimmerer, and it's it's done so well with so much insight, and it's this kind of journey into the natural world through a different pair of eyes. And she, she references, you know, her experience as a scientist and then her experience, you know, as a Native American and it's incredible. It's an amazing book. Um, and then I just got this book, which is gonna kill me. Actually, hold, hold one second, I'm gonna go for it. It's called The Silk Roads, A New History of the World. And the it says, a rare book that makes you question your assumptions about the world. I'm like, okay, I'm all over that. Um, and Show me that book. Show me that. Ready? Good Lord, that is really thick. It, it's crazy thick, like, <laughs> and tiny print. Oh. And I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's only 505 pages, it's, you know, and small print. So it's going to kill me. It's it's going to take me who knows how long but to get through a, that one. It's irrelevant. But but this is part of the thing. Like the world is big and wide and kind of an incredible, magical place when you're not fighting for fighting to be right all the time. And, yeah, um, and it, it's the the older I get, the more I don't know Jack. Yeah, right. And that's that's a healthy position to hold. Because it's easy to think, I, I, I know that. Because there's pride and it's like, oh, yeah, I know that. Instead of, you know, it's okay to say, uh, you know, I don't know that. Help me understand more about that. Well, I have seen this transformation in you, Brian. Because I remember when, for a while, we would engage around politics. And it was kind of confrontational. It was probably both of us, right? I mean, frankly, maybe well, what I'm describing is a change in both of us. But... You know, now you ask questions. You you ask why. You ask, and and I think that's the way forward. Because the other way it, didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work, and I knew that the relationships were strained afterwards. Yeah. And you actually, you know what? I use this example with you a lot about. Oh, you mean this me is, as this an is, example? No, well, just I'll give I'll I'll share that experience. That conversation was kind of a trigger point for me, or turning point for me in my just trying to understand other things is when Obama won the first time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember this Facebook discussion, but you were ranting and raving about how happy you were that this man had won the presidency. Mm -hmm. And then you stopped yourself. You, you almost apologized because you, you know, maybe you didn't know, but you assumed my political stance at that point because just of what I, how I've been raised and maybe what things I'd said, 
and you apologize. You said, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I know you don't maybe like him or I don't know exactly what you said. Be interesting to go back and see if I could find that conversation. Mm. And, and it hit me right then. Like, why is she apologizing for loving the fact that Obama had won? And I said to you, you should be able to shout this from the rooftops and be proud and also articulate why you love this, this new man in office. And that's when I realized, and, and I think I said, and we don't have to kill each other afterwards. I may not, I didn't like the policies he espoused at the time. So he, I wasn't a big fan of his. I, I don't know how many times I was called racist for that, which is another conversation, I guess. Mm-hmm. just because I didn't like what he was saying. So you, it's your fault, really. Okay, well, fair. that's awesome. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> you, you caused all this. And that's, that's when I realized we don't have to, we can, we can be kind. We can be kind. It's way more enjoyable. And you learn more. If, so, so it's a win-win. And the premise is if both people are willing. If yeah. one person, because no one wants to be sold. No one wants to be, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I consider myself a Christian and the second commandment is love your neighbor so far as I understand it. And to me, that's, that's my baseline for, for life really is trying that, trying to be that. And it's easy to love people that look like you, talk like you, act like you, think like you, not so much ones who have violently opposing views, but we still have to do that. That's, that's a greater opportunity to grow. And love someone who may not you may not like at first, but having the conversations like we have, the one-on-one, the face-to-face, puts the humanity back in it. And we need to stop hiding behind our keyboards and our cell phones and, and lobbing bombs at people. We need to put some effort into it. I totally 100% agree with you on that. I totally 100% agree. Hundo, as they say, hundo. Oh, I haven't heard that. It's like... You say 100%. I say hundo. Or people say hundo. So, Heather, maybe as, as we wrap this up, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to share about the Roe v. Wade thing or just politics in general or just humanity or life in general? Just give me some wisdom because you've been on the planet just a couple years longer than me. So, you yeah. know, a little yeah. more than me. Yeah, not that much. Um, I think curious mind open heart and trusting your gut. Those are, and those are the principles I live by and being kind. I mean, really, I, uh, I mean, a bigger kind of principle for me is it fits within being kind is do no harm and try to leave it better than you found it. Amen. Those are my guiding principles. Those are great. I like that. Also have a good time. That might be, and, dance. and we forget that's who, <laughs> there's truth of that. Do good, be kind, dance, have fun. <laughs> that's my motto. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe try to find courage to do the difficult things that you're called to do. Do you think courage is found? You have within to find it within. Finding, I think you have to find courage. it within. You have to find it within and woo, that's a journey. By doing uncomfortable, hard things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much again for coming on. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed this. I want to do more of these with you. Love you, Cuz. 
Love you. And then, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. Hey, thanks again for listening to the show. I am so grateful you're here and continue to support my efforts. Uh, We're doing something a little new. It's called Ask Brian Anything. If you have questions, comments, concerns about any previous episode, or just want to know my perspective on anything, please send those to parishpodcast at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-R-I-S-H podcast at gmail.com, and I'll feature them on an upcoming episode. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.